Yeah, I definitely think with like any healing journey, whether it's with like a past of disordered eating or it's something like, I don't know, negative self-talk, just like anything where you're trying to heal your relationship with yourself, it's not going to be a linear journey. I don't think at all. And you even mentioned this like really beautifully that you have those two choices of reverting back or like changing into this better self and this better and healthier version of you. Welcome back to Let's Thrive, the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you here listening. If you're an OG, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. I always love to hear how people found the podcast. Uh, it's just always interesting. Like They'll find it through a friend, in a you know real-life conversation, through social media sharing, they come from the guests themselves. Whatever it is, I'm happy you found your way here and hopefully you'll stay for a few. Today we have a very, just, it, made, it was like a happy heart conversation. You guys know I'm always saying happy heart feels, happy heart songs, whatever it is, if it makes my heart happy, I know it's aligned with me. And this conversation with Ariste was just made me made me so happy. We it was a rainy day here in Austin, and you know it's kind of transitioning into fall now, but it's still kind of weird because we're in Austin, Texas. So one day it's seventy and breezy, and the next day it's ninety and sunny. But this day in particular that we recorded, it was rainy, and I was just sort of feeling like blah. You know how some rainy days can be cozy and so fun and you're just like, yes, I love this. And then other days, it's like rainy and overcast and you just so happen to be having a rough mental health day and it just feels like your entire world is just like dark and gloomy. And that's kind of where I was at. So I have like what we recorded today. I'm talking about today (laughs) as I'm doing this intro. And so I've just been doing everything I can to really promote like you know just like good feelings throughout the day and so I went to the gym early and I've been doing like more and more strength training so it was a nice like low impact listening to music workout made myself like a good fun breakfast um tried to get like a little bit of work done but was trying to not put too much pressure on myself it is my day off after all and then I had this conversation and it just put me in the best mood and reminded me about like some few things I'm working through right now in regards to mental health, you know, and that's anxiety, body image, some old eating disorder thoughts and behaviors that I've been struggling with lately. And so I'm just really excited to release the episode and get it out to any of you that might be needing it as well. We talk about this in the conversation, but recovery is like a process. It's a journey. And you all know I've shared very candidly and openly in previous episodes about how I still struggle with things. Things still come up. Uh, what it has come down to at this point is making the choice and decision and taking the action most aligned with the future I want, which is a future of recovery with freedom around food and better days with body image and just really having that like self-compassion and grace and love for myself. And so I really think this convo will support all of those, (laughs) all of those uh, facts and topics and situations. So give it a listen. Let us know what you thought. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, it's a really good listen. If you've ever struggled with disordered eating or just having a toxic or not so great relationship to health and wellness, if you've struggled with anxiety, it's also one we touch on that. Uh, We also we actually when it comes to anxiety, I don't know if I've ever really had this conversation on the episode, on the podcast before, and it was a quick one, but we are essentially describing how it feels to not only have an eating disorder or disordered relationship with food, body image, exercise, etc., but to have all that with anxiety. And so I've shared this before, but when I first got into the spiral of disordered eating, I was actually diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. Because as far as from what I was told and from what I remember from it, 
um, they did identify the correlation between, for me, between my like mental state and how I was going into disordered eating. So I don't know, maybe there's a better explanation behind the difference between just anorexia and anorexia nervosa. But for me, I've always had severe anxiety tied to all of those aspects of my life. And I was sharing with her in this episode how I always think that back then I lived in a state of anxiety, right? Like you think of how many decisions a day are ruled by a disordered eating from the food you eat to the food you're thinking about eating to the food you're prepping, the exercise you're doing, the movement you're doing, every time you sit down, every time you see your body and don't like it, every time you see a trigger or something triggers you. And if that's all tied to anxiety, you are living in an anxious state near 24-7, right? And I was telling her how it's so nice that I now feel like I am living and I have moments or experiences of anxiety that come up. And oftentimes it's about me recognizing and working through why is this anxiety here, right? Like, and that's different than living in it and not being able to escape versus now where all it takes is self-awareness to identify and recognize I am anxious. I feel anxious what is wrong? Is it something with work? Is it something with my health? Is it something with social media? Like what is triggering me into the state? How can I find out? How can I process it? How can I work through it? And how can I get back to the day-to-day living and out of this anxiety? And that has been a struggle, but it's something I've been getting better and better at over the past really year since I've moved on my own, since I've done therapy, since I've gone through all these massive life transitions and changes, I've really seen the not so great effects that anxiety has on my life, both work-related, personal relationship related, and just with my overall health and well-being, how it affects my body and mind and emotions. And so anxiety is something I really would like to talk more and more about, get some different experiences and professional knowledge and all of that on the show. But in the meantime, I think this episode, the brief bit that we do talk about it is, I don't know, maybe it's reassuring, maybe it's affirming, just makes you know that you are not alone. So let us know if you listen. We would both love to connect. She has her own podcast as well. You can find all of her content, her podcast, all the good stuff um, through her through social and through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I'm sure, all at her.healthful. I'll have it all linked below as well, but just give it a a listen, give it a check out. You will not regret it. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. It's definitely different, but like your space, I feel like is everything. So now I feel like I'm finally in a space where it's like, okay, this is my own. And like, I'm comfortable here. Cause before I just, it's like, when you're not in the right space, you feel kind of suffocated and you're like, you don't have a safe space. And it's like, well, where do I go then? If I can't just stay at home and be myself and like, you know, curate things the way I want them to be. So I feel like I'm still in the transition phase of like, everything doesn't look the way I want it to. And like, I need some furniture pieces and stuff, but it's like, that's all going to come in time. And I'm not trying to rush that process either. Yeah, no. And what you said there is so like, that's the basis of it all is I remember feeling back home, like, I don't know, right. Like you have your own bedroom, whatever it is, but it just feels like you're, you know, just not in your own space. And, um, to have that like full ownership of a, I mean, you know, whether you're renting or leasing, but to have full, you know, interior design, everything like that up to you and to make it like your own safe area is such a, such a relief. And I don't know, even just like having when it came to like meal times and I wanted to be like a bit more mindful or like my crazy work schedule or with workouts or whatever it was just like not having to, arrange my schedule around anyone else or I mean I know you have like your your partner but still like oh what a change that was (laughs) yeah for sure and it's like you kind of have like everything is sort of on you to be like okay I can wake up and make my day however I want it to be I don't know if you have to like have like an office job per se or something where you have to tune into um, meetings and stuff but with my like school life and like home life everything is pretty much like by my own schedule So it's nice to also have your environment be able to like curate with that. And it's just like, 
nice to have that flexibility, I guess. But yeah, it's definitely a different scenario when you're also trying to navigate with a partner. And if that's something that like, we're trying to still figure out, I feel like it's not something that, I mean, it's been six months, but it's like, there's still things that come up and like, there's like chores and it's like, how do we split that? So it's like, yeah, those small petty things, but yeah, it's been good. How long have you guys been together? Um, so in August we celebrated five years. Oh, so I love, this was I love like that. four years and then like four years of being together. And then it's like the fifth year we moved in together. And in the first year, or I guess the first six months, actually, we were like doing long distance which is like the hardest way to start a relationship. I do not recommend it at all. Um, if you can go through that, like you can go through anything basically. Oh, a hundred percent. I had a friend do that. Like the beginning of the relationship was long distance. And I was like, if you guys survive this, like I'm just going to plan right now for your wedding because like, oh my gosh, to get through that. in like the beginning when I feel like so much is like up in the air, like, oh, I love that. But that's so neat. So I assume he's probably been with you like, just about through it all. Um, I know like we're here today to talk about the wellness scene and um, just sort of like how that changes and adapts for us, you know, as we transition through life. But um, has he been with you through that sort of journey and transition then kind of like seeing you before and where you are now and working almost like through it with you? Yeah, it's actually funny because like he was the person who kind of motivated me to start a an Instagram page that wasn't just like my personal page, because I remember I was like on my personal Instagram, like we all have, um, but I barely use now anyways, but it's like, I was posting like my morning oats or like, I could just kept on posting <laughs> my meals like every single day. And I was like, this is weird. Like nobody cares about this. Like I have friends and everything who are probably just like, we don't care about your meals, but I still wanted like an outlet to just like share that kind of stuff. I wasn't fully in that, um, health and wellness mode, but I was sort of slowly transitioning into making my own food, which is kind of a big step. If you live at home and you're used to like your parents making meals or having family dinners and stuff, I was just kind of getting in that more creative space. And then I was like, well, I don't know where to share this. And James, my boyfriend, he was pretty much like, well, why don't you just make a page where like people can follow you to actually see the content you put out versus you feeling like awkward about posting this on your personal and then I thought about it for months and like, I couldn't think of a name. So I'm like, that was my excuse. I'm like, I can't think of a name. I'm not going to make a page. Um, and then I was like, okay, like I'm starting to make more healthier recipes. Like, let me do like her healthful plate, like just simple like that. And as you can tell now, if you follow me, like I dropped the plate cause it's like health is so much more than what we eat, I think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he has been through it before when I was just like, not conscious of like anything I was putting into my body or like not really self-aware. I feel like over the years, what I'm noticing is that your health and wellness journey comes hand in hand with you also becoming more self-aware because the whole like intuitive eating thing, for example, it's like just being aware of what your body is saying or like being aware of what your mind is saying, if you want to go the more mental health route. So yeah, he's been through that all. And it's just, he's always had a more like flexible approach, which is kind of something I have um, been thankful for because a lot of the times people wish that their partner is like super into health and wellness so that it makes it easier for them to also like stay accountable and make it like easier for them to follow through. But in my case, it allows me to kind of um, have more of a balanced approach because I can see that it's not so bad to have like, I don't know, a donut at 11 PM or something like that, where it's like, you see it being done in front of you. And obviously there's like a balance to that, but it's like that flexibility and the balanced approach is something that he brings to my journey. I absolutely love that. And I apologize for any dog barking in the That's background. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, it's so funny. Cause when that, you said that um, for the longest time, you know, whenever the conversation would come up of like, what's my ideal like guy in person and personality traits, whatever it was always part of it was like, has to have an interest in health and wellness, right? Like has to be involved in that field because otherwise like, how are they going to support me? Blah, blah, blah. And in the past like few months, as I've started to like dabble with dating a bit more and being in a new city, it's been crazy to me to see how that has like shifted entirely. And it's like, yeah, it'd be nice if they have like awareness, you know, of themselves. And it's not just like, you know, I, I don't want it to be so extreme that they're like 
making fun and shaming me for my mm-hmm. like, you know, decisions, but I also don't want them to be the ones like saying something potentially harmful to me as someone with a passive and eating disorder. And this one guy I kind of like, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't think he really has like any interest in health and wellness, but he's mm-hmm. also super self-aware. And I feel like just somebody like that would be a very like good match for somebody, you know, like yourself or me where we have this past. Um, and so we need that flexibility and we need that sort of awareness, um, in ourselves as well as like somebody that we're going to be spending so much time with on the daily mm-hmm. or living with, etc. So I, I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And like, even if you did go for a guy who's like not into health and wellness and all that, like you both learn from each other mm-hmm. without it being you, like you have to do what I do and like, you have to eat healthy. It's just like over time, if you just lead by example, then they're going to pick up what they want to pick up. And it's like that kind of harmonious relationship where you're both like, you're going to gain some things from him and he's going to gain some things from you, you know? So I think it works well when it's like, you're not exactly the same person. <laughs> oh, truly, truly. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, when he sort of prompted you to start the page and you came up with the name, Her Healthful Plate, um, you mentioned how you transitioned out of that, right? Because you realized over time, health is so much more than just the food we eat. And so I'm curious to back things up a bit. Like, what was your relationship to health, wellness, et cetera, like in the beginning? Um, You know, people that listen to this show, we've heard all ranges of stories and they know my own past where it started with a very like innocent, I just want to be quote unquote healthy. And it took kind of like a turn. And so I'm just curious, I don't know like the exact origins of your experience and relationship to it, but I'd love to sort of like go back a bit and see where it all started for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I would just like mention first that like growing up, I know I've had like thin privilege all my life, just thanks to like genetics and all of that. So that's definitely something to keep in mind because because of that I was never like I didn't care what I put in my body because like I would eat whatever like my childhood upbringing like my parents were always super balanced and like they actually encouraged me and my brother to have like the junk food and like enjoy pizza with friends and all of that so not only was that something that I was taught but it was also like oh I can eat like all this pizza and these chips and everything and like I'm still thin. So that's something that like, I think contributed to me not caring about health at all until I guess it was probably in, I want to say high school, because I think it was probably in university um, undergrad, where I became like more into drinking and partying and all of that. And I think I became more aware of like how I would look in photos and like, kind of just realize like, whoa, like, I want to fix this or I want this to look different. And like, I think just seeing other people because it was a very social scene in undergrad and university, like there's so much going on. And I think that's when like the physical um, improvements come to light. So I think for me, like it did not start from an innocent place. It was just like, I just want to look better or like, I just want to fix this and, and do that. So that is very different from how I view it today. I think I remember like going into a gym, not knowing what to do and being like, okay, well, I just want to like burn the calories from last night, or I just want to, you know, um, have abs or something like really superficial, which is like, trust me, it does not work in the long run. Because if you have superficial goals, then they're just like, not going to be enough for you to sustain it in the long term. And then the long term is like the lifestyle change. So I think I was, yeah, doing it for really superficial reasons, like trying to um, eat healthier, trying to work out more, really pushing myself when like my body was telling me no. And like, I did have, um, like in the beginning, I was more, I guess, restrictive and like did have like orthorexic tendencies. And um, I did really, really get into like meal prepping and like having to know exactly what's in my food, like all of that, I would be like anxious when I would go out and eat with friends. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know what oils they're using. I don't know what they're doing to the food. And like, I would analyze the menu beforehand to know what to pick, which is like, so it's too much. It's like exhausting because health should not be obsession. Like it just, that's just like the opposite of what health means. Cause there should be like balance. There should be acceptance. There should be so much more going into it. 
Um, and I was like actually on, um, the birth control pill for like two, two and a half years. And I remember being like, like getting, I think I had my page for probably like half a year at that point. And I'm like, okay, well, if I have this page and I'm really like going down this holistic route, like, I don't want to be on the pill anymore because I just don't feel like I need it. And the pill was just like a band-aid solution for me to get rid of my acne. So I was really scared to come off of it. Cause I was like, what if all of this acne comes back? I was like, honestly, I don't want to be on it anymore. And then when I got off of it, that was like also the time where I was having these orthorexic tendencies and going through that. So I didn't get my, get back my period for like nine months. So like I had amenorrhea for nine months and I was like, that was kind of my wake up call that like, I was just doing too much, putting my body under too much strain. Like it was all, um, a big wake up call for me. And like, even when I was talking to my naturopath, she was like, yeah, so like how much hit do you do? Like, cause sometimes higher intensity things can affect this. And I was like, when I told her I did it like four times a week, she was like, we need you to just like stop moving, like just go for walks, like just stop doing that because it's too much. Your body is too stressed out to think it can have a child. Um, so eventually I think after that big wake up call, like I thought I was being actually really healthy during all of that. I was like, I'm doing everything right. And I'm the typical, like what people call the, that girl now, which I think is so toxic also. Um, but yeah, I think after that, I eventually started to, um, improve my relationship with food and with exercise. And now I think I'm at a place where I'm like, probably the healthiest I've ever been physically, mentally, spiritually. I think there's just so much more than what we eat, which is why I was like, Hey, I don't want the plate anymore. Like it's not just recipes and stuff. It's like mental health. It's like all these other things. Um, I think one last thing I forgot to mention is like, I did have like gut problems too, which just like adds to the chaos of like your health journey. So that makes you like afraid of foods that you, that are might gonna, um, bother your stomach and stuff. So there's a lot of factors that went into it, but I think the losing my period was like the big wake up call. Sorry, I was rambling for so long, but yeah. No, no, that was actually like phenomenal. You hit on all the points of like follow-up questions I had. So that was perfect. Yeah. Um, no, and I just love like the one phrase in particular you said about um, health is not obsession. Like the moment, I don't know, when you have that wake up call of like how much of current day society driven quote unquote health and wellness is obsession driven, it just like blows your mind. And I mean, even with... Um, like the example of, oh shoot, what was it that I was thinking of? Um, oh, with the, the goals, right? Like you were saying in the beginning for you, it was a lot of like burn X amount of calories or like, so I get abs or whatever it is. Like when you have these like superficial goals, I always say they are like that destination. Right. And it's like, a, you're either like ruining, you know, like your life just becomes so diminished when you're trying to just strive for nothing but this one destination. And then what happens when you hit it, right? Versus creating it into more of a lifestyle, which is like what you were kind of expanding upon and what we, I feel like we've both sort of started to find and we exude through our pages on social media is like, how do you turn this desire for health from something that could be toxic and obsessive and really like take over so many aspects of your life and turn it into a sort of lifestyle where there is some semblance of, you know, like balance or acceptance, freedom, joy, like life in general. And so I just love like that you had, it seems like almost like multiple wake up calls, you know, like you had like little nudges from like people, the universe, et cetera, of just like trying to build that awareness, right? Like you touched on that in the beginning, but I think awareness is like such a huge factor of it. And sometimes it takes a lot of external jolts or sort of wake up moments to really like kickstart that internal awareness that I think is like really key to moving forward with recovery. Right. Because I don't know about you, but like, I still have quite a few days where like struggles come up. Right. And it's having that internal awareness of like, okay, what decision, you know, I have two decisions here. One is definitely feels easier, but it's probably more aligned with my past and the disordered ways I'm trying to get out of. And one is more, is harder. It might feel harder in this moment, but like, it's more aligned with like this future I'm trying to move towards. And so for me, it like, it really does stem from that awareness center. So I'm just curious, like, do you still find yourself time to time, like struggling in these areas? And like, 
if you do, like, is there a mindset shift or an awareness practice or just sort of comforting, you know, tool in your toolbox that you can use to sort of work through those um, struggle moments if they do arise? Yeah, I definitely think with like any healing journey, whether it's with like a past of disordered eating or it's something like, I don't know, negative self-talk, just like anything where you're trying to heal your relationship with yourself, it's not going to be a linear journey. I don't think at all. And you even mentioned this like really beautifully that you have those two choices of reverting back or like changing into this better self and this better um, and healthier version of you. So I think it's just like, you just have to accept first that it's inevitable for those moments to arise. Because I think if you, if you think it's going to be okay here on out, you're going to be really disappointed and it's going to be unexpected when that happens. Cause then you're going to feel guilty and like punish yourself, like thinking you were quote unquote healed. And I don't think anyone is ever quote unquote fully healed. It's like a lifelong journey. Um, So I think recognizing that and acknowledging it from the start is super important. And whether that's just like something you tell yourself or it's maybe something you journal and write affirmations about, I feel like journaling is such a helpful tool for not only getting your thoughts out, because when your thoughts are in your head and they're just going um, in a cycle, then it's, it's too much for you and it's overwhelming. And sometimes we can resort to our old habits to kind of cope with all those thoughts. So if you can get them out on a piece of paper, you'd be surprised at how much, like how much that helps and how much lighter you feel. And if you do it consistently, then go back and reread your old entries and just like, see if you see any patterns in your thoughts. Like, are there maybe certain triggers? Like you just got into a fight with somebody and you're like, okay, I'm stressed out. I want to binge. I want to do whatever. And if you keep that a habit, it's kind of like a way for you to more systematically look at your thoughts And I know everybody says journal this, like these journal prompts, like do whatever. I don't think you need to follow journal prompts. I think even just like mind dump, like writing, whatever you're thinking about is super helpful. So that's one tool that I think is helpful um, for when you feel like super stressed out and super overwhelmed. And yeah, I definitely have like the moments myself where I'm like, I feel like old thoughts or old habits, old patterns. I think in all of this, like self-acceptance is really key. And it's something I'm even working towards. And it's something that I try to curate my environment to also um, um, sustain that mentality. So for example, on Instagram, look at your following list. Who are you following? Like you want to clean that up. It might take a few hours, but anytime you see a post or a story or whatever it is, If you don't want to unfollow the person, which I understand you don't have to unfollow everybody, there's a mute button for a reason. Like you can mute people's stories if you're like, this is a trigger. Like just identifying triggers is so useful because it's like anything that's distracting you from that journey of like healing and becoming your better self, that's a trigger. So if you can mute people on Instagram and whatever social media platform you use the most, that's really helpful. And any other triggers in your life, for example, toxic friends, like if you have a friend who, and this is like with regards to disordered eating, um, if you have a friend who is always commenting about how ugly she looks or how like X, Y, Z she is, and she's really bringing you down. um, Or if you have a friend group, that's just like very not um, supportive of your journey. I hate to say it, but you need to slowly cut them off or you need to communicate with them that this isn't working for you. So those little um, changes to your environment, whether it's online, whether it's offline, I think is super um, important for your journey. Yeah. I mean, even right in the beginning, we were talking about how in the past like six months, you've sort of moved into your own space with your partner. And I've been in my own space for a year now. And even that transition where before my dad and my brother weren't necessarily saying anything like, too, you know, toxic or bad or whatnot to trigger me. There were still little things, right. Where they would like my dad, you know, he's nearly 60. And so some of the stuff he still believe, like would still hear or say from the news of like, 
about, you know, like the cholesterol and eggs or whatever it was like just little things like that. Or even just having, like you said, those friends or whoever it is, like it could be little things, but like, if it's consistently like setting you off or just sort of like upsetting you in some way, like you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily like figure it out or tough it out. Like you might need to just like cut them out or take a little break or have a conversation with them. Um, but, but yeah. And then what you said with the journaling as well, I know there was a few weeks ago, I was just all worked up and I didn't, couldn't really pinpoint why. So I just did like a complete like brain dump on my like journal pages and started to like write out things about work that were going off and, um, some emotional stuff. And then at the end, I just like essentially wrote out how horrible I was feeling in my body and the pressures I had felt that week to do minor, like old, more ED behaviors. And it just kind of like shocked me. I remember I wrote it and then I looked down at it and then I was like, wow, like I didn't realize this was all like living in my head and that I was even thinking about this so much. And it's just crazy. Like when you get those thoughts and everything out of your mind and onto paper, like what it can really show you. But um, I am curious, like sort of going with this realm of, you know, like more of the mental emotional side of this entire journey and process. You have talked before about anxiety. It's something I struggle with. It's something a lot of people go through and it's always different. I feel for everyone, but since choosing, you know, more of a like life, you know, intuitive lifestyle, you know, kind of like working away from the more toxic sides of health and wellness, have you seen any sort of change between the, like the anxiety that you experienced then and what you might be kind of working through now? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like ever since I was younger, I think I always had some anxiety, even if it's like something I'm just aware of now and not so much when I was younger, but I've always had like a bit of social anxiety, which is something that's carried through since I was younger. I'm still working through it now. I feel like I don't know how it's going to go with the pandemic being over. And it's like seeing everybody again in big groups. It's like, maybe it got better. Maybe it got worse. I don't know. But I think it's just like what I was anxious about during my um, past. That's different now. So before I was anxious about what was in that meal, how many calories were in it. Um, did I do a long enough workout? It's like, again, with that obsessive nature of it. So it was like the object of the anxiety was always um health focused for what health meant to me in the past. And it was just, again, obsessive and it took up a lot of time and it was things that I thought were healthy. But now I think any anxiety I deal with is more related to like not being productive enough or not getting everything done on my to-do list. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty ambitious person. So I, I just naturally put too much on my to-do list. And it's like, that is a recipe for disaster because you're not going to check everything off. And then you might feel some guilt at the end of the day. So I think now I, I rarely stress out about what I eat. And I feel like I'm so much more flexible in that regards. And again, your environment is super important for that too. I had mentioned like my boyfriend is helpful with that because of the flexible approach he takes. But yeah, I think another thing I get anxious about is just like social media because it's just like, it kind of depends on my mood. Like some days if I'm, I wake up like stressed out and I have a lot to do, then it's like, I'm already in that anxious mode and going on Instagram can just like turn it up a notch. It's like, it's just not good. So I think recognizing when I'm in those moods or like, you can just tell when your body tells you, or when your mind tells you like, don't open the app. Like, it's just going to make you feel worse. It's like, you have some FOMO cause you're like, but I need to, it's for me, it's my side thing slash sort of job. Not really. It's I'm in a limbo right now. So I, I'm kind of like, but it's also important for me to be on it. But I know my mental health goes first. And it's just something I'm constantly trying to remind myself of and even trying to remind my audience, like it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to take a few days off. I've seen people take like a month off and they come back and they're like, honestly, I feel better than ever. So yeah, different objects of anxiety still have it don't think I'm cured of it don't think I ever will be and like some anxiety I think is can be helpful because it can signal to you when you might be going into something that might harm you more 
or, you know, it can challenge you sometimes if it's like the right amount. So small doses is okay. But I think when it's like really overwhelms you and flusters you, that's when it can be um, damaging. Truly. I mean, it's like most things in life, right? Like we, it's so easy to go to the extremes and what you were saying before, I very much so related to of during like the height of my like disordered eating days and just toxic relationship to health and wellness. It almost felt like I was living in my anxiety because like with the anxiety being tied to so many of my daily decisions, right? Like every time I ate, every time I had a body image thought, every time I worked out, like it felt like my anxiety was much more present and I was living in an anxious state versus now I still, as you said, like have those anxious moments, but they're, they're moments, right? Like they come up when maybe I do need a kick in the ass and I actually need to get this scheduled or get that done because like there's a due date and I get distracted easily, right? Like maybe that's like the anxiety that's keeping me on track or there's like the more anxious moments when I know that open my eyes to like, okay, like this person, this situation is bringing me anxiety. Why, you know, like, do I need to remove it from my life? Do I need to have a conversation? Do I need to adapt? So I don't know about you, but like, for me, it has felt like shifting from living in an anxious state a lot more often to now like living in my own time and having these anxious bouts pop up and really be, if you're aware, sort of like a messenger of like, what's happening, what could be happening, maybe like what even needs your attention per se. Yeah, I think like um, definitely before it's like so much of your time was wasted on these like really small decisions that meant so much to you at the time. And now you're like, oh, I just go in my fridge and like see what's leftovers. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's also cool to see how much you've progressed because you're like the things that used to scare me don't scare me now, which is like, the whole idea behind fear foods. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of nice to still see your progress and see that the same things don't make you anxious anymore. But yeah, I feel like I'm since uh, something like eating happens so many times a day, it's like, of course, you're going to be in an anxious state. You have to literally eat like, you know, whenever you um, feel hungry and like even sometimes before you would ignore the signals. So it's just like, it's always on your mind. Whereas now when it's only for things that like might come up like deadlines or um, social media, then it's like you, like for me, me saying, telling you those things, like I'm at least aware that those things make me anxious. And it's like, I kind of know a sense of my triggers so I can sort of adapt to my environment to be like, you know what, I'm not going to go on my phone today, or I'm not going to go on the app today. So I can make those small solutions to help. Whereas the solution to help before was not helpful. It was like literally restricting yourself and it's just not um, beneficial to your health. And yeah, I think like you said, a little bit of anxiety is okay. And having like healthy ways to cope with it is super important because otherwise you're just like a bubble of anxiety and you don't know um, when you're going to burst. And sometimes it can be harmful because then you have outbreaks that people you love mm -hmm. when really you're just trying to deal with your emotions and you haven't yet. So yeah. I don't think repressing it is good either or like ignoring it, anything like that. I think like accepting it and just like working through it is so key for any sort of like emotional um, trauma or anxiety. Yeah, no, truly. And like the outburst part even made me think of you know, whether it's if you struggle with like binge eating or exercise addiction, like all the different ways, right? Like you repress that type of thing and then it's going to like manifest in a physical action or form. Um, so no, that's very much so true. And, um, you know, now that we have discussed, right, like these situations and experiences you've moved through, things that still linger today, things that you still experience now. Um, to also add into the mix, as you mentioned before, you're in school as well. Um, you're going for your PhD, as far as I know. And so I'm just curious, like, how do you, and I, right, this is a very broad question, and it's probably ever evolving, ever shifting, but currently, at least in this like chapter of your life, and with everything happening now, how do you sort of structure your days or just sort of build in the time to juggle it all, you know, to like go to school, to run your page, to still prioritize health and wellness to an extent, um, to provide for your mental and emotional well-being and have a partner. Like, do you have a sort of like, these are my must 
do's or must haves for the day? Do you have any sort of like little system or mantra or practice that really like brings you in? I'm just curious, like how you manage to do it all, because I know whenever I'm in a situation where there's a lot happening and there's maybe extra stress, or I feel like things are getting a little out of control is usually when I, you know, fall back into old behaviors. Um, So I'm just curious as someone who's doing so much, like, how do you, how do you sort of go about it? I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Cause like when I hear it out loud, I'm like, that girl's life is like so much, like, how is she doing that? So I'm asking myself the same thing, but yeah, I can give like a few things that have helped for me with the caveat that like, it might not work for everyone. And just like, everything I feel like with health for me now and throughout all of it is just like trial and error. So if you try something, it doesn't work out, then move on to like the next person's tip. Right. So I like know that I'm a morning person and that's not the case for everybody, but it's like, I know that if I wake up early and take the time to do whatever self-care habits, then, then I will be set up for a good day. So that takes like also going to bed early the night before which takes not scrolling on TikTok or watching Netflix. Like there's these little things that you have to say no to, to then set yourself up for the next day. So I always say start small and like just make some small changes or have some small goals for the week. So for example, just make the goal, like I'll be in bed by 10, by 1030, whenever it is for you and see if you can keep that up like for five days a week. And then once you've got that down the next week, be like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a walk in the morning and like, don't try to do everything that week. Be like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to meditate, have my lemon water, do all of this because you're going to be overwhelmed. And then the first day you can't do it. You're going to be like, well, that that's too much. It's not for me. So just like put in these small habits every week, every few days, like whatever you think you're capable of. And that helps a lot for me because my self-care time in the morning is usually journaling and then getting a workout in. And like, I don't do any work before doing those things. And if I do have a day where I feel like I need to rest or I want to change it up, then like I'll go for a walk or just do something that's for me. I think starting my day off that way is really important. So that's uh, how I get my like self-care me time in. And I think for juggling like grad school and my page, I, like I mentioned before, I feel like I'm in a limbo where it's always like when I'm doing too much for one, I'm like, I feel like I'm not doing enough for the other. So I think until I graduate, I'm just going to feel like I'm in this limbo because I, I like, by the way, I study psychology for anybody who doesn't know. So it is pretty related to like health and wellness and all of that. So I'm grateful that it is really tied to it. But like there's a reason why people are content creators as a job. It's like a lot of work and grad school is obviously a lot of work too. So what helps for me is always um, sitting down on a Sunday or Monday morning and like planning my week out. I like to use Google calendar um, and I have this planner called passion planner because I do also like writing things down as well. I don't know why it just like feels so good to write things down and check something off a uh, to-do list. So if you can take like some time to just plan your week, just a weekly to-do list. Like you don't have to plan out like every hour of the day, because I think that's like a little, it's a little too much and like things come up. So um, not everything's going to go your way, but doing that versus like starting a Monday morning and like having no plan. I feel like that's when it's like so easy to get overwhelmed. Cause then I'm like, I have this. Oh, and then I have that. And I have all these other things, but if you have it written down, you're like, okay, like a, maybe this is not feasible. Like some things have to be moved to next week. Um, and B, like it just gives you kind of a preview for a week and what would make you feel good to accomplish and what to check off. So planning is really important as well. But also if you are somebody who like tends to overwork, then make sure you plan in to have like watch TV show with the boyfriend or whatever it is. Like make sure you plan to have something that's like, self-care or whatever downtime and treat it like it's an appointment treat it like it's like a zoom meeting with your manager like whatever it is because you're going to skip it then and then it's going to be past your bedtime and you're going to be like well I'll try again tomorrow but if you have it in your planner hopefully it'll like keep you accountable or it might um encourage you to do it because you're like 
I planned this from the beginning of the week. That means I've already done enough work. And there's always tomorrow. Like if you don't take the time for yourself, you're just not going to be, be as productive. Even if you think like going for it and, um, keeping your wheels churning is going to be what helps you. It's not, especially if your mental health is not in the right state. So I'm like a big proponent for that because I've gotten to the point of burnout. I'm sure you have too. And it's like not a fun place and you don't realize it until you're like, you're in the midst of it. And then you're just like, Oh shit. Like, what do I do now? So it's super helpful to like recognize it beforehand before you're in it. And then you're like, well, this is hard to get out of. Um, And the last thing is just like, getting like giving yourself grace and just realizing there's only so much you can do and having that gentle approach to yourself is helpful because then it it alleviates any guilt you might have and it just like shows you that every day is a new day and like some weeks maybe I get like not even half my to-do list done but like just, that's just how life is like some weeks are going to be bad some weeks are going to be great and you can't even compare how you were last week and be like, I'm going to be like that every week. Like this was a good week because it's just not realistic and like life happens. Um, and sorry, real last thing um, is that it's important to have purpose, like having a sense of purpose in your work is really important. And I think like last month I was going through like a whole existential thing as most PhD students do. And I was like, I don't even know what I want to do. Like, what is this? Like, what's the point of this? And I kind of like went through many weeks of it and sort of now have more of a plan for where I see myself long-term. And I didn't have that before. So I was just kind of like, well, I don't even want to do my to-do list. Cause like, it's like, what's the point? Like, where is this getting me? So building in a purpose or thinking about it might even make you realize like, I'm not where I want to be. And that's really important because knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as knowing as what you do want to do. It's just like, you have to think about that. So purpose is important because yeah, you're not going to want to do your work if you don't have it. Yes. Oh, I love all of that. I have, I could, yeah, go off on like a hundred different points from that all, (laughs) but um, yeah, no. And I mean, I guess just starting even with like your Monday, Sunday, like kind of planning, looking at the week, right? Like an overview. I love that. And I I did not do that this past weekend or Monday, woke up Monday, had, you know, I, it was just not my best day, you know? And at the end of it, I was like, fuck, I should have like just made some loose plans of like what I need to, like my focus points for the week, et cetera. And when it comes to like those self-care sort of like built in moments, right. To really like rejuvenate yourself and care for yourself. I will usually pick like two or three of those a week. And I mean, I think of them as like non-negotiables, right? Like this walk with a friend. Yes. I could push that to accommodate for this meeting or whatever it is. But like at the end of the day, I know that I'm going to be so like pissed off and in a bad mindset because of that, that like, I'm not going to, you know, like I'm going to consider a non-negotiable as I would therapy or a meeting or any other thing like that. Right. And obviously there are times where you do have to accommodate, but if you're choosing to do so fine. Um, but otherwise like, yeah, I just love that approach. And it's nice to hear from somebody who is, you know, kind of like, you know, a lot of people are obviously in this transition in life where they're either balancing like their main source of work with something else, or they're in school and doing something else. Um, or if you're like me, you know, and you're just doing like multiple something else's <laughs> like yeah. all in one, lots of part-time <laughs> stuff. It's like still at the end of the day, just remembering, like, you've got to like sometimes rein in that focus and it can be so easy to kind of like put everything in one side and leave out others. And, um, so yeah, overall, I just absolutely love what you said there. And yeah. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hope it's helpful because I feel like there's such a, we're just in such a like hustle, productive culture that it's like, it's natural to feel more guilty than not, especially when we're in the age of TikTok where you see everyone's morning routines, you see everyone doing everything. And it's like, it can be very um, overwhelming and discouraging when you feel like you're not at that level. But yeah, what I would say to that is just like, not everything you see on social media is reality. And you don't know if that person actually did all of that stuff. You don't know if they're having a bad day. So just build in your own habits and know that you're doing enough. 
I love that. No, truly compassion, grace, and self-awareness right there. Um, well, thank you so, so much for sharing all of these aspects of your life. And I know a lot, a lot of people will be relating to that. So much appreciation, but um, I know we never did like a formal introduction in the beginning, but if you just want to give like a little intro to you and your like actual page and <laughs> the essence of what we've been talking about this whole time, um, we can kind of go with that and then people can find, connect and keep learning more and more from you. So yeah, I feel like we're just like, let's just have a casual conversation, which is kind of like the best podcast, but yeah, for sure. I'd love to do an intro. Um, so yeah, I'm Araste. I don't even know if I, inter- I'm so like out of being no, you're, interviewed. You're fine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the host. That's I get so excited when I just start talking with people. And then it was like halfway through and I was like, oh my God, people like, you don't know who we're talking to here, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, do you do the thing where you like record an intro after afterwards? I'll do like a little bit of like an intro afterwards. Um, but yeah. So I, I give like a little bit of context, but I also think it's just fun. It's like, if you really need to know like who this person is, like look at their Instagram while you're listening yeah. to them. I don't know. So I love like when it's like, you just start talking though. And then I see like, I'm like, oh, well this really like, relates to the conversation. So I'm just going to like, intro. Yeah. I'm going to go right for this direction and keep going. So I love yeah, when that yeah, happens. Yeah, for sure. I know. No, those are the best conversations. Um, yeah. So I'm Araste and I run at her.healthful on Instagram. And I post a lot of like, just like health and wellness, lifestyle, a lot of mental health stuff and, um, some recipes here and there, but I feel like it's not the main focus of my page as it was before. And I'm also a PhD student, as was like mentioned in this conversation, um, in psychology. So I'm hoping to like blend my love for psychology, my love for wellness, um, into a career in the future. And yeah, if you also want to check out my podcast, it's just called Her Healthful as well. Um, I only started that a few months ago, but yeah, check it out. And thank you so much for having me on here, Emily. This was like so delightful to be on the other end of the host guest relationship. So yeah. It's always fun to switch switch seats and do something different. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.